And now, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding present the CBS Radio Network. Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to the old Bob and Ray show. And let's go right over to the window, Bob, huh? Yeah, okay. We're big talking about this. Window and telescope we have here. Stop by the big Bob and Ray Popcorn bowl. Have a handful. Got to watch that waistline, you know. That's right. That's right. You were so correct. We had an idea uh, today because of the addition of this uh, Bob and Ray ten cent telescope that we've put up in front of the picture window. We thought maybe somebody from our studio audience, someone who has a, a terrific way with words, who uh, has a good command of English language, could come up and kind of describe for the listener. Uh, what he sees, because we don't talk so good. And is there anybody here who would like to look through the telescope? I have a nice uh, command of the English language. All right, come on up here. Where my smile? Big smile and a very nice voice. Coming to our microphone now, and uh, he's freshly shaved or shaven. And uh, you look the picture of Tom Sawyer. Splendor, sir. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Paul Burke is the name. Paul, uh, you know what we want you to do is uh, kind of describe the thing. We have a little romantic music here. Do you want to start right now? Well, all right. Uh, maybe if I use this microphone and yeah, then I'll let it. All right. <clears throat> In your own words, you know. Oh, fuzzy New York, enchanting, dreamlike in your haze. Ephemeral in your mist, fog is your handmaiden. You are as obscure as a palm on a hand that's a fist. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait just a minute. Paul, uh, I don't think you're seeing too much through the telescope. I better put a dime Oh, all right, Paul. <clears throat> there we are. Okay, Paul, go ahead now. Oh, swing, eye of time. Swing through the precise air. Bring me a sight. Perceive me a vision of concrete canyons, asphalt valleys, bending to the will of the wheel, of flickering lights that hold multitudes. Yet you're looking at some pedestrians trying to cross the street, huh? Helter-skelter they run, a million menials, pelted by a welter of chrome and tail finials. Well, that's enough for that, Paul. I think you'd better swing the telescope around for some other color commentary. How about that direction there? All right, Jeff Barr. A graceful ribbon spirals, turning here, turning there, stopping only to bisect itself occasionally, only to continue on toward the black obscurity, her back burdened by the weight of angry steel, and the mist that settled once before comes back like a pall. I see unclearly, but, uh, uh, Paul, I think what happened here, your dime is used up. Uh, it's just as well. I don't think people care much about the approach to Holland Tunnel. Okay, Bob. <clears throat> okay, now let's do the telescope and do some something interesting this time, will you? Old seller of newspapers hawking your wares, communicator of worldly affairs. Sell your papers, my good man. Sell them for a nickel. Or a dime. Oh, no good, Paul. Try swinging it to the left, will you? Okay, Bob. Oh, man with a top hat and a whip. Elegance to cadence. Your face lined with a thousand good times past. Your future, a montage of merriment. 
though flop you may be. Wait, 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 wait. Let me look through that. Okay, Mark. Let me take a look here. That's not a flop. He drives a handsome cab. Paul, I think you have spotted a nice thing for you to poetize, though. Take a look here. All right. Oh, perfidious, hideous clock. You beckon time twice with two hands. Oh, evil reminder with your gears and mechanisms. That's right. All time's about up. Oh, rotten timepiece with your malevolent numbers. Would it that I were able to fly? I would hold your hands and prevent you. Oh, come on. All right, Bob. All, uh, uh thanks. You think I have a nice flow of language? Yes, you do. I, I don't know whether it's really fit or not, but thanks for your color description of New York City and come back again when free verse is more popular. I think it'll go over better at that time. And thank you for the music, Mr. Music. That's very nice accompanying over there. And uh, would you move along now to that uh, documentary-type music, uh, Pierre, please? If you would, I'd appreciate it. Friends, uh, we've done it again, haven't we? Yes. The uh, Bob and Ray overstocked warehouse is bulging at the seams once more. And in estimable damage uh, to our financial resources, we have managed to purchase 1,217 sets of genuine brass door chimes. We are able to wheel and deal them to conclude this transaction successfully and uh, it was in itself a coup, comparable to the purchase of old Manhattan Island from the Indians, we think. So reluctant were the brass door chime people to let their merchandise go that as we were leaving with the genuine brass door chimes, we were wrongly booed by the rank and file of the company. To this day, we still receive threatening phone calls from the president of the company who murmurs dark promises of revenge and suit. Now, that's how excellent these genuine brass door chimes are, friends. However, the new foreman of the door chime company turned out inexplicably to be tone deaf. Before this shortcoming was discovered, the aforementioned 1,217 sets of door chimes were produced. So, the chimes are, in a mildly fashionable way, a bit off-key. And that's why we're offering them to you at a price so low, it can't even be mentioned on the air. That's right. We're afraid of surging crowds and the attendant tramplings that go with them. So, under separate cover, we intend to mail out the price to the anxious thousands of folk who will surely want some idea of what these genuine brass door chimes will cost. But, before you make up your mind, we want you to listen to a set of these genuine brass door chimes. Think we ought to let them, Bob? We'll have to hire special police to beat off the crowd staring at the heel of the studio. Yeah, well, I think we'll have to risk that, Ray. All right. Will you press the button? That sets off the chimes, please. Okay. There they are, friends. Folks, apart from the obvious advantages of owning such a set of door chimes, we'd like to outline a few of what we call astral assets. Which means benefits not readily discernible to the eye. Just think, when the chimes are set off, no more birds. Those pesky insects you have around the house will flow out in a never-ending spree. Those cats who've been ravaging the garbage at night will sail out of earshot. You'll be able to make new friends with these door chimes. That's right. Once the distinctive and compelling sound of the chimes is heard, people by the hundreds will flock to your door to find out what's going on. Or, for those of you of an introspective persuasion, the door chimes can be used to keep away those unwanted and unexpected Sunday afternoon visitors. All you have to do is turn the chimes on. 
And for you fashion models out there who enjoy featuring the skinny, sick look... Bring the chimes and you'll do what we just did. Turn pale. Really something you should all be with and shouldn't be without. Now, that's right. Uh, we went to a peck of trouble getting these genuine brass door chimes. So write to us, care of Brassy CBS Radio, 485 Madison Avenue, New York City, for our under-separate-cover prices. And write on your postcard, awesomely low-priced door chimes. And we'll know what you mean. Undecided an audition for Mary tonight. Mary isn't here, but uh, she has uh, uh, authorized me to listen. I've been uh, practicing singing with the Smoky Valley Boys. I haven't got a complete song down yet. Well, uh, could I you think... put it on tape or something and play it for? All right, we could do that. We could arrange to tape it, sure. All right, you ready, Romeo and Pie Plant? There, Pie Plant and Rhubarb Bread and. Uh... Text the other text. The other text and uh, another one there. There's supposed to be another one. I forget his name. <laughs> What's your name, uh, new fella? Hildreth. Hildreth, yes. <laughs> to form the uh, complete aggregation. Give us that number 213 in the book, so I'll give you a little idea. This just a vamp here, seems like. Well, I know, but you've always heard it this before. Right, but now we want to hear the song part, you know. All right. There was blood. There was blood on the... But, well, there was... Oh, wait, I was trying to do blood on the saddle. Oh, you can't be doing that. I just never know when to jump in. There was... Oh, there's more of it. I think, wait a minute. I think this. I'll give you a signal. Okay, one. Go, right here. There was blood. No, wait, uh, hold it. No. Uh, I don't think. San Antonio. All right. Cut All right. It. Cut, cut it out. out. Oh. Oh, I, I got to practice that with you guys. I think it's that new fella. Hildreth? Yeah. You ever played in a Western band before? Yes, I did. Well, which one? Lawrence Well. I gotta get with you at the rehearsal tomorrow and see if we can straighten the thing out. Okay. Well, we. Uh, well, I've been drinking. Well, we discussed the uh, merits of their. Band. I don't think this is the uh, the act that we want up in uh, no. Mary's house. Did no. you get it on tape, though, Joe, in case she wants to hear it tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to This Place for Heroes, dramatized events in the lives of ordinary citizens who never gave in, but waged a fight against unfairness, duplicity, and corruption. Today's dramatization concerns the fearless small-town newspaper editor, Fred John Wassell, whom we'll meet after our story. How's this for an editorial? It's time Turnberg stood up to them. Three years ago, Turnberg was a good town. Then they came. A trickle of evil men at first, 
We didn't know then what they were up to, but we soon found out. Oh, Fred, those men will come around again if you print that. Yeah. Turnberg, with a population of 1,210 people, had three jukeboxes in it four years ago. Now we've got 1,700 jukeboxes in Turnberg, more than one to a person. Now, I've seen who it is, Fred. No, you better let me get that, Alice. Who is it? Better open up, Walker. It's me, Fisk Faraday. Alice, go home. You'll be safe there. Go through the back. But what about you, Fred? Uh, do as I say, Alice. You think I'd like to go home, too? I'm no glory seeker. Just doing a nasty job. The job has to be done. Now, please go. All right, Fred. See you later. Open up, Walker, or I'll just tear this joint apart. Doors open, Faraday. Come on in. Hello, small man. I understand you're writing another thing about me today. Faraday, I'm going to tell you something. Your kind stinks. You know what you are? You're some kind of maniac from the Stone Age. You're from another world. You decided to make the trip here by sewer. Now you've arrived covered with a stench of corruption. Faraday, your world is fast disappearing. Your world of muscle weakens more each day, and I can help the atrophy along with words. That's right, Faraday. Let your epitaph read, he was stricken by a typewriter. And that was the courageous stand taken by editor Fred John Wassell. And now I'm sure you all want to meet the real Mr. Wassell. Sir, I'd like you to say hello to the many fans you've made with your magnificent display of nerve. <clears throat> hello. Glad to be here. <laughs> uh, I understand the wire was removed from your jaw yesterday, Mr. Wassell. That's right. And I'm glad it was, too. Alice is teaching me to walk again. Now I can tell her to stop when I get tired. But all this that's happened to you, Mr. Wassell, it really isn't important. Mm. The important thing is that what the jukebox situation is like back in Turnberg these days, right? That's what we'd like to hear about. <laughs> Well, I understand they put seven jukeboxes in my newspaper office. I really don't see how get around the office with all that crowding. And your wife, Alice, tells me that uh, you have to put in your own money, and whatever it is in the machine has to be uh, turned over to Faraday. <laughs> That's the understanding, yes. Fred John Wassell, there isn't much I can say. You've said it all for us in words and in deeds. You're a hero, and this is the place for heroes. Here on This Place for Heroes. And that's it for now. now. We'll be back to preview tomorrow's lucky musical note in just ten seconds. Here it is, B-flat. And until tomorrow, this is Ray Goulding reminding you to write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumb. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumb.